The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? This is Tony Catalina from Blogging the Boys. Welcome to another episode of the First and Ten podcast brought to you by SB Nation. This is, again, another episode where we don't have starch. We have, we've had starch for a while now, Aiden. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you we know had- what? We had some practice at this. But again, we're starchless. Aiden Davis, my, uh, my co-host of the week this week. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Yeah, we had three weeks where we had no search and then we were getting used to it again. And now he's abandoned us. I'm sure listen, he's I'm sure he's having a wonderful time right now. Enjoy. Listen, as we record this Sunday afternoon, he's hosting a, a big, big cookout for Chop Sports Media. So I just wanted to give them a big shout out because uh, th- those are our friends over there. And Sturge puts a lot of work into it and, you know, how how he's able to, you know, juggle between blogging the boys doing these podcasts and doing his own thing. And I'm impressed. Sturch is, Sturch is the man. So all the best over there. I'm sure he's having a good time over there, but in the meantime, Aiden, even though it's the off season and actually we were thinking about this, we were talking about what we were exactly going to cover. Um, I was talking, I was thinking, I was like, yeah, we got, we got plenty of time. It's we're deep in the off season. There's only, Oh man, there's only three weeks left until training camp. Like that's insane. I it's sneaking up to where like this is like the dog days of sports like at least for me as a non-baseball like I watch baseball I enjoy it but I I, it doesn't get me pumped like football does so like right when we hit these dog days of sports where like there's it's only baseball on that's where I start to get really excited for football because I know the next sport up is NFL football and I couldn't be more excited for that I'm I was laying in bed this morning and I woke up I was like you know what? Football's not that far out anymore. And that got me pumped. Totally. And, you know, I was I was really trying to say it to you like, oh, we got plenty of time. Everything's fine. And I'm like, wait a minute, like this is going to come quicker than we think. I mean, we record one one podcast a week. So we really you know, we don't really have that many things that, you know, to talk about this offseason before we're in the full season swing of things here. When's the I'm looking when the the first the Hall of Fame games, August 4th. So we're talking about like a month and a half of like this like we'll we'll cover OTAs or we'll cover the offseason work but we're getting really close to preseason which is very exciting I'm, I'm pumped man I don't know about you but I I don't have my hands on any like Madden 23 betas or anything like that and like I know some people are playing it and it's just it's that time of year where you get the itch like it's 
I don't know about, you know, in Texas, you guys are hot every single day, but right now in Massachusetts, it's like 92, <laughs> which is like about as hot as it gets. So I don't <laughs> have you, I've been doing fantasy football mock drafts already. Are you starting oh, to get man. into fantasy football yet? I haven't, I haven't started doing any mock drafts, but I, I actually reached out to my like group cause I'm the commissioner of our fantasy league. And I'm like, it's time to start talking about it, boys. It's not too early. So we're trying to plan our, our you know, our, our draft that we do in a person every year. And, um, but I'm, I'm this close because we pick our draft order every year and I'm ready to just start drawing names out of a hat so we can get our league going so I can start doing the mocks. But you know, it's funny as much as we talk about football and no football and, you know, you're the analytics guy. We'll get into that uh, later on as we go, but um, I've never won a fantasy league. Have you ever won one before? So I'm, a big fantasy football guy like that's outside of the Cowboys fantasy football is like my specialty when it comes okay. to like what I'm known for but my high school league is the league that I've been doing for the longest time I had never won the league and we've been doing it for like 10 years I finally got my first championship this year and I took my victory laps I <laughs> ever because I always finished like last place and I had no idea why and so this year I'm, I was able to just Give bring up the receipts of everybody that said I was bad at fantasy football. I love that. We actually uh, we we pass around a like a, a mini Vince Lombardi trophy. Now there's nothing really mini about it. We spent we spent good money on it. It's hard. It's like it's a big trophy and it looks just like the Vince Lombardi trophy. But I've never, other than purchasing it and giving it to the winner, <laughs> I've never got to hold the thing myself. So I, you know, we've had it for like five years and I've never actually had it in my possession since. So you know, this, maybe this year's a year. Do you? go heavy cowboys in fantasy football i try i tried i try to actually do the opposite like you know it's so i funny. do too i you don't know? draft cowboy i can't have too much emotions riding on the cowboys players it works for me in in some ways because people in front of me be like i got zeke or i got you know i got cd lamb i'm like take them like you can do whatever you want it's fine with me i'm gonna grab whoever i want and if they're there i'll take them you know it's sometimes like i had Dak prescott last year and you know, some years it just comes like that, but I'm not going out of my way to take a Cowboys player, you know, and, and some, it's really tough sometimes when you're sitting there with like an Eagle or a giant and you just, it's yeah. for the greater good, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Perfect. Let's, you know, enough of our, my bad fantasy team here. We're going to talk <laughs> and switch into gear of, you know, I think Aiden, you presented a, a great topic, a great idea here. Uh, I even put an impressive name on it that I like. So we're talking, it's it's kind of a play on over and under, but we're going to do a segment here called Impress or Regress. We got players, we got some topics. We're going to present some numbers here. And we're really going to see if we think how we feel. Are we, are we bullish on them or how do we feel about these players compared to last season? So I'm going to present it to you first here, Aiden. The first name on this list is a, a widely discussed running back for this team. And we'll see how it goes. Ezekiel Elliott. Last year had 4.2 yards per attempt. Do you see him impressing by doing better than that or regressing? And before you answer that question, looking at his stats that, again, you presented here, and I'm super impressed. That's why I want to say it and give the credit where it's due. He was tied last year for 26th in the NFL among running backs with 100-plus attempts. And then in week one through five, which is how he started, and, you know, there really was the tale of two seasons for Zeke Elliott, he had 5.1 yards per attempt, which was more than Derrick Henry. So, again, I ask Aiden, I'll start with you. Ezekiel Elliott, does he impress from 4.2 yards or regress from that point? 
Ooh, this is well, I want to start off by saying the Impressor Regress name. I'm pretty sure I might have stolen that from somewhere now that I'm thinking of it. Like, <laughs> I don't think that just came to me. Anyway, getting to Ezekiel at 4.2 yards per attempt. These past like what three, four weeks, I've kind of had to I've become the Ezekiel Elliott hater on this show just because I've seem to always have the most pessimistic outlook on Ezekiel Elliott's season. But that being said, I do think he increases that 4.2 yards per attempt number, I guess, impressing. I just think what we're going to see from Ezekiel Elliott this year is somewhere in the middle. I don't, if you're asking me, I don't think Ezekiel Elliott's going to repeat on that weeks one through six. I don't think he's going to sustain that through an entire year. I'd love for him to do it. I don't see that as being his outlook. But I do think it's going to be significantly better than the back end of the season post by we saw injured Ezekiel Elliott. I'm not giving, I, I don't think that was the entire reason that he fell off last year, but I do think it was a significant portion playing on that significant of an injury. It's not going to help any running back. So I'm, I'd put his yards per attempt number at like 4.4, 4.5, which would put him in like the mid teens, probably in terms of running backs yards per attempt. And at this stage in his career, I see that is where Ezekiel Elliott lands. He's a good running back, but he's not going to fall in that top 10. I know. And it's funny because you've been the resident, um, bring us back down to earth, Ezekiel Elliott guy for this podcast here. But uh, I'm I'm extremely bullish on this number. I think he's going to impress. I think he'll be over 4.2 yards. I, you know. I felt really good about Ezekiel Elliott coming into the year. And I felt really good about that in the first like four weeks of the year when he was healthy, he looked like he had that burst that was missing. Now, if you want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott and human nature, right? I think two years ago when he had his worst season and he looked heavier, he looked a little more sluggish. It, I mean, some people, you know, when, when they get the fruits of their labor, they have to remind why they, why they got there. And some people in that instance, you know, it takes a smack in the face. Now, if that is that what Ezekiel happened, I don't know. I don't know the man personally, but I think over the last two years, I think he hears the talk. I think he's a guy that prides his work ethic, and I think he found that spark. So it's really unfortunate to me that the the injury kind of did robbed us of what I thought last year could have been for this guy. Now speaking straight numbers and without really my opinion on that specific side of it. I think just the law of numbers and averages where I think Tony Pollard is going to eat into his carries anyway. I think if Zika Elliott has some big runs and his carries are down, it's only going to raise that yards per temp average anyway. So if there's more of a healthy split there, which I think we all agree should happen, I believe you said it should be 60-40 Tony Pollard when we said it should have been 60-40 Zika Elliott. But regardless, I think they both need to get those touches. And I am bullish on Zika Elliott and I would love much like you said about your fantasy draft is I would love to have my victory lap if Ezekiel Elliott is top five in rushing and he's got double digit touchdowns. So I could definitely see that happening. Yeah. That's one thing that I wanted to bring up that I completely forgot about was last year, Ezekiel Elliott had 237 carries, which for Ezekiel Elliott's age, that's still pretty high in terms of like that number. I see that number coming down to like, the 200 mark which would put him in once again like in the 15 13 14 15 range obviously splitting time with tony pollard but i do think he's going to get to see a lot more attempts where it's it's high it's high efficiency attempts where he's it's not gonna it's not gonna be every time ezekiel it's on the field he's touching the ball he's gonna get the rock right up the gut i think it's gonna be they're gonna use him more creatively this year and it's gonna be more high efficiency attempts which will bring his number up
Absolutely. And I think, I think they understand what they have in Tony Pollard. So I think, like you said, they may be um, more, you know, they may be more inclined to give him a, a blow that allows Tony Pollard to go and take a series or two at a time. And I think overall, that's going to help both guys, you know, max out their potential. And if I am, I don't know if I'm correct. I believe I am. I think it's either it was the least amount of carries ever had or one of the two seasons he had the least amount of carries he's ever had last year. And based on what you're saying, you believe that it could be even lower than that. Well, to put it in perspective, like his 237 carries last year was still the seventh highest in the NFL, which I mean, Crazy. for how, how old is he? He's 26, I believe. I is he that? could be wrong about that. I think he's 26 for a 26 year old running back. That's a heck of a lot of attempts. Yeah, I mean, I'm saying, now you got me interested. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think his birthday is coming up right before training camp. So that is, uh, that's actually, I thought, to be honest with you, if you had asked me how old I thought Ezekiel was, I would have said even older. So that's, he's got, I mean, before the cliff, right? They talk about NFL running backs at that cliff at 30. He's still got four seasons, three seasons before he even touches that cliff. So, you know, I think the Cowboys have beaten him up with a little bit more wear and tear than his actual age in history would say so. Yeah, and so are we good with the Ezekiel Elliott? I think we're both on, th- yeah, both on yeah. in harmony there that he increases, which I, I think yeah. it's a slam dunk there, but I think that's a great number. Like you said, him being at 4.2, we could, uh, I think we could be on the plus side of that for both of us. Yeah, I agree. So moving on to our second one, Dalton Schultz, impressor regress, 85 receptions in 2022. So last season he did have 85 receptions. That's including the postseason game. And if you include the postseason game, he led all Cowboys pass catchers in receptions, which is a little bit mind blowing, a little bit disappointing, but still a good tight end. That reception mark of 85 receptions was third among all tight ends last year. So impressive regress, Dalton Schultz, 85 receptions. Wow. It, the way they view him and the way Dak uses him as a security blanket, like something of a safety blanket there. I want to, you know, I, I want to say impressed, but I think I think there's a lot going on with Dalton Schultz this year, right? If we're talking about the human element for Ezekiel Elliott, I think that would play a factor into Dalton Schultz in the same token where this offseason hasn't been clean for him. There's been challenges off the field, whether, you know, if he lets the fans and what the media say about him and that affects him, hopefully it doesn't affect his play. But you look at the fact that there's less weapons on the outside. He may be more of a focal point now that he got franchise tag, you know, whatever the case may be. I would love to see him impress on that, but I'm going to say he slightly regresses. And I don't think it's a huge deal. I think he may have somewhere in the high to mid 70 catches. I think his numbers come down a a hair bit. And I don't think that's really, like I said, because of something he's going to do. I think it's just more of heightened awareness of him and his role in this offense. I, man, this is tough. Cause he's one thing I forgot to mention is he did play all 18 games last year. And he was the only Cowboys pass catcher where you can say that's true. The only other person who caught a ball for the Cowboys that played all 18 games was Ezekiel Elliott. Oh man, it's tough. So I think on a per game level, I think he actually increases the amount of receptions that he had. Like when we're talking per game, I, I just, I don't really like like 18 games last year, 17 games in a regular season is now a very long time, especially for pass catchers just to make it throughout the entire season. I get tight ends are a little bit more durable in that capacity. I still don't think he hits all seven. I I just think naturally players get banged up for a week or two. 
I'm not projecting a disastrous injury. I don't think so. I don't think he hits that 85 reception total, but with the Cooper targets voided with the Cedric Wilson targets voided with, I mean, it takes rookie receivers a little bit to develop. So we'll see how that goes. James Washington. I don't see him eating all those targets. So I think the receptions that are gone between Cooper and Cedric Wilson, I think it's spread out between uh, Lamb and Schultz. I think they're the two primary benefactors. And I think that means that on a per-game level, he does increase the amount of receptions he has. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Now, let me ask you this. If he increases it now, you're saying 85, including the playoff game. Let's say, let's say he hovers around that 90 catch, you know, 90 catch mark. He's in the 88 to anywhere to 92. What does that mean for this team? Do you see that being like a positive or what's that mean? Does that mean like, oh, he's, you know, he's focusing too much on the tight end. That's a bailout, you know, short dump offs. Yeah. The one issue that I had with Dalton Schultz last year is, I mean, I love Dalton Schultz. I've been banging the drum for the guys since the off, like since the offseason started. I thought he was our number one priority to re-sign. The only issue is that when Dalton Schultz's reception totals are high, it's not in uh, it's not symptomatic of a highly efficient office like offense. Like I would prefer us to be t- like when Dak's taking the deep shots to Lamb when he's when he was taking the deep shots to Cooper last year. That's when the offense was rolling and like. We can move down the field in two minutes and have a touchdown drive going 75 yards in two minutes. And that was just like the opening drive of the game. It's not like we were trying to conserve clock or anything. So I, I'm not, I wouldn't be too worried if he hits that like 90 reception total, but I do, I would like, I would like to see a little bit more efficiency where I don't, my number one thing, I don't want Schultz to be our, have the most receptions on the team next year. I do think that's, that was a little scary. How funny would it be? You know, uh, the predicament the Cowboys always seem to put themselves in in contract time is let's just play it out. Let's say that this deal, July 15th, the franchise tag deadline doesn't come. It comes and goes and they don't sign him to a long term deal. And he goes out and has better numbers. And now you could have, you know, you're like, we don't want to sign him at the the number that we thought we were going to have this offseason. And next year he becomes even more unrealistic. I mean, wouldn't that be classic Cowboys for it to just play out like that? Yeah, I'm just thought about. Yeah, I'm. Now that's going to that thought is going to irk me for a long time. Every time Dalton Schultz catches the ball this year, if we don't get him signed to a long term deal, I will be infuriated that (laughs) uh, Tony. 
Such a Cowboys thing to do there. But <laughs> moving on to the next impressive regress topic, we're going to take a look at QB1 here, Dak Prescott. Impress a regress with a franchise record 37 TD passes. It's the highest of his career by far with 30 in 2019 coming in second, only behind Brady, Stafford, and Herbert in 2021. So Aiden, well done on this question. Very cool. Um, where do you see, do you see Dak impressing on his already broken franchise record or do you see him regressing to the mean a little bit? Yeah, I think this is a little bit too easy. I think Dak Prescott regresses to the mean. Not that I th- and mm. not that I think just Dak's going to have a disastrous season here, but with the way the offense was going last year, I mean, it, how many? Do you remember how many different players scored a touchdown last year? It was like, oh my god, it, it was in like the twenties, yeah. maybe slightly less. It was like everybody was getting touchdowns. Dak obviously setting the franchise record. He was slinging the ball around. They just because of the defense and because of the turnovers that the defense forced, they were in so many favorable situations just to move 20 yards and you're already in the end zone. So I just think my guy now I'm back on Ezekiel Elliott. I do think he scores more touchdowns this year than he had last year. I think Tony Pollard gets more touchdowns than he had last year just because in weeks whatever after the bye week you didn't see as many rushing touchdowns from those two I think that increases and I just think because of the turnovers you see just an overall lack of opportunity to score touchdowns from Prescott not that he's gonna have a bad year I put the number at like 31 32. Mm. I'm trying to think of exactly here I'm trying to find it uh do you know how many rushing touchdowns he had I'm trying to pull it up here while we're recording Because while you do that, I'm going to answer what I think. And I think you're on the money with the regression. I think him breaking the franchise record and the way it went down with the weapons they had, I think think it's natural to think it may regress. But where I'm going to take it to a step further is I think he regresses in the passing touchdowns. But I think he ends up with like 40-plus touchdowns if you include some of the rushing touchdowns if they're going to incorporate running the ball more with him, right? I think – the designed run, so to speak, and I do that with air quotes because I know we're an audio podcast here, but um, the design runs really won't be there. I think that when they talk about Ezekiel moving more, I mean, excuse me, and Dak Prescott moving more, it's more so like design throws getting out of the pocket. But do you have that number, Aiden? Because I'm itching for it. <laughs> I do. I do. You want to take a swing at it? How many rushing touchdowns he had in 2021? Oh, my God. I want to say four. So... In 2016 to 2018, he had six rushing touchdowns in all those years. Okay. In 2019 and 2020, he had three touchdowns in each of those years. Okay. That's including three rushing touchdowns in 2020, Mm. where he only played five games. Mm. 2021, he put up a whopping one rushing touchdown, Mm. and that was against the Atlanta Falcons, if you remember, when he did the Okay, so I was way off. (laughs) All right, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say something kind of crazy here. I think – now, mind you, for the record – he scored in New England. They didn't give it to him, but he punched the goal line. He <laughs> scored there. They didn't give it to him. But um, I'm going to say he goes to – I'm going to say he regresses to like 34, 35, and he makes it up with it with a massive rushing total of about four touchdowns on the ground this year. And I'm talking about poking the nose over the hole. over the. You know, I know they love getting into Ezekiel Elliott because that's the running back and they paid him and they want to feed him. But I feel like in some instances, Dak's going to be able to flex his muscle as being that big, strong quarterback that can run the football again, comes with the health, comes with the, uh, you know, the confidence that he's going to have in that. So, uh, yes, I think 
I did a run on, run on answer here, but I say he regresses, and I think we both agreed that he was going to end up regressing off of his own franchise record to this point. Yeah. Do you see there being any world where he hits that 40 touchdown mark? I, I think if he hits a 40 touchdown mark, what we know about this or what we think we know about this wide receiver unit being worse than last year, I think he would have to be playing unconscious. I think, you know what I mean? He would have to be playing out of his mind. I think if Dak hits the 40 touchdown, 40 passing touchdown mark, that's, I mean, I think we're now getting in the realm of like a 13, 14 win team just because we know the defense isn't going to fall off. So if Dak somehow hits 40 touchdowns. MVP I mean, season? Yeah. I mean, you're talking about MVP because the Cowboys would, yeah. I mean, it would just take an incredible amount of efficiency given like, yeah, our, we're probably going to play a slower brand of football like we have been. I mean, we do run the ball a fair amount for right. um, an NFL team. So it would just take an incredibly hyper-efficient year and it would take Ezekiel and Tony Pollard getting stopped at the goal line a lot. And that's my thing, right? So I'm, I'm, I said I was bullish on Ezekiel Elliott, but I'm really extremely high on Dak Prescott this year. I think even if the numbers aren't what they are, or maybe, like I said, we're both thinking that they're, they're going to be slightly worse than last year. And I think that's just based on the type of season they had last year, but I'm thinking he's going to be extremely efficient. I think he's going to come into his own and mature as that seventh year quarterback, that guy that the Cowboys really need to depend on. So I'm thinking he's going to have a great season, but sometimes, you know, the numbers don't really break out like that. And, but we'll know film guys, guys like us that get into the analytics. will will actually love the fact that he's going to play well. Yeah. And if just one last thing before we move on last year, Dak Prescott, if you remember week 18, he had the five touchdown passes against the Eagles in a game where like, we kind of wanted to sit yeah. Prescott. So if you yep. take away those five touchdowns, it's a little bit closer to 32. Then Fair again, enough. he missed, he missed the one week. So who knows? Oh, that's true. Yeah. I remember all the, the Romo people, all the people that love him. <laughs> like, but you didn't know he missed the game. So it's the same <laughs> amount of games though. Don't give me that. Don't Aiden, don't, <laughs> Don't do that right now. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just saying. I just want to point it out. All right. Next one. <laughs> Micah Parsons. This one's a little bit timely because of statements that Micah Parsons made this week. So Micah Parsons impressed or regress on his 14 sacks last year. He came out this week. He said that 15 sacks is the minimum, and he's going for the sack record next year. So he's saying, like, baseline is he improves by one sack. He wants the record. The, here's the issue. Last year in 2021, he rushed the quarterback 34% of the time across the entire season, which we all pointed out. That's to get 14 sacks, only rushing the quarterback 34% of the time is insane. But after week 13, that number started to decline even more. He was at like 20% post week 13. That's seven games. And across the over his last seven games, he only had four sacks. So I don't, it's not. Four sacks on 27% rushing the quarterback is still insane, but if that number keeps to decline, what do you think? Impress or regress, 14 sacks. Oof. Now, let me say this before I give you this answer. I've never actually said this out loud or publicly. When, when Michael Parsons came on to the scene against the Chargers and he had that big game, I, I was very afraid it would be a one-off because he's not going to play Storm Norton every week. You know, he wasn't going to have that carousel, uh, you know, carousel at right tackle. So I was very nervous about that. Um, I'm very interested to see how his pass rush develops this year because people know who Michael Parsons is now. There's no mistaking about who Michael Parsons is. He's been everywhere. He's been doing everything and he's a face of this league. So 
I'm going to say because now people are going to scheme for him. Now Randy Gregory isn't there. It's the Marcus Lawrence on the other side, which, you know, we both have a tremendous amount of respect for. But the pass rushers that are on this Cowboys team, Michael Parsons is one of the guys now. So I'm going to say regress. And honestly, I wouldn't even be upset if he regressed. I just want him in double digits. If he can give us 10 sacks, I'm okay with that because he is going to split duties because Micah Parsons, without playing linebacker snaps, it's a thin linebacker room. It's a scary thin linebacker room without him. So I'm going to say he regresses. I still think he's going to end up with 10 uh, double-digit sacks, and I'd be okay with that. But Aiden, what do you say? Man, yeah, I'm going to say regress as well. And this is going to seem like we're now anti-Micah Parsons. But I... <laughs> I buy more into like, I do love the argument that like, I really do think teams like he's going to get double team a heck of a lot more last year. Like it's even going to be the thing where they're going to use the, whatever, if he lines up on the left or right side, it's probably going to be more often on the right. If he lines up, if he lines up on the right side, that running back is just going to go head first at Micah Parsons. As, sure. Yeah. So I just think he's going to run into a run into a heck of a lot more trouble this year. But what I'm more concerned about is we did nothing to address the linebacker position outside of hoping that Jabril Cox um, improves and uh, re-signing Leighton Vanderesh. I think they're just out of necessity. They're going to need to use him a lot more. So I at linebacker. So I think he's his um, pass rushing snaps continue to decline slightly. Hey, man, we agree on that. And um, it's tough. I mean, like I said, they're, they're asking a lot of Micah Parsons. They um, they really want him to be someone that is going to be a league and I, I a league breaker. I think he's somebody that's going to absolutely be a, a stud in this league. But like I said, year two is important. We got to see what the numbers are. And I wouldn't even be really upset based on the attention he's going to get just how, you know, what those numbers are going to look like, but time will tell and we'll see just how generational he is and how much we think he is. So important. We'll see how this goes for us here, but moving on here, the subject here, you mentioned everyone not named Trayvon Diggs had 13 total uh, interceptions. Um, was that Brown with four, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis with three KZ, excuse me, DeMonte KZ and J Ron curse with two. And uh, Leighton Vander Esch and Malik Hooker with one. The average team last season had 13 in interceptions. So if I'm reading this question correctly, Aiden, the way you presented it, will it be impress or regress the team minus Trayvon Diggs or included Trayvon Diggs being the number 13 interceptions? Yeah, I wanted to exclude Trayvon Diggs because I assume we're both on the train that Trayvon <laughs> Diggs is not hitting 11 interceptions yeah. again next year, correct? Fair so, Fair yeah. Enough. So I, I wanted to, any, everybody else on the team hitting their total last year, which was 13. I, I'm on the boat that I do think this is also going to be a regress. And this is, I think Cowboys fans are mentally preparing already for the Trayvon Diggs regression. Everybody knows he's not going to hit 11 again. Maybe it's four or five, which would still be a pretty good season in terms of interceptions go. But I don't think we're preparing enough for like, there were times last year where it was like, oh, Anthony Brown just, like ball hawked it right out of the air and completely flipped the field. LVE got an interception last year, which was insane. I mean, I just don't like those random plays where, I mean, you, it's not Trayvon Diggs that's flipping the field, but like you got so used. I mean, we saw 24 interceptions last year. It was like every game we were waiting for the, like the turn of events where the quarterback was going to make the mistake. 
I just think all around we're not going to get that production this year. And I just think it's a regression in the mean, not that our secondary is worse or anything. So I just I think everybody should be prepared for like not only the Trayvon Diggs 11 interception regression, but also everybody else just not being able to flip the field as much. Yeah, I, I think I think for most of these topics, we've been in unison with this. I think as opportunistic as this defense was last year, I think there's been some talent stripped of it a little bit right there's there's not as many um I don't know we'll see I mean I'm 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 still hurting over the Randy Gregory situation I don't think that Dante Fowler is the is the fix I don't know if Sam Williams is the fix right now you know we'll see what his future looks like I'm just nervous about the defense as a whole I know um the way the offense is breaking down some people are more confident in the defense and the offense but I but I trust for I think the, the offense should be okay they'll find a way to make it work um but I'm going to say regress as well I do think that the Cowboys um it's it was tough last year like you said it just seemed like the ball was bouncing quite literally and figuratively in their hands at all times like even Trayvon Diggs first interception of the year you know popped right into his hands <laughs> from Leonard Fournette so um I, I I am encouraged by the way this defense is going because having Dan Quinn at the helm is obviously uh something that I'm very um high on I know um somebody I believe it was was it Danny Phantom that wrote uh, yep. an article yeah I, well, yeah, I, he put out a tweet today that was it was about if Mike McCarthy has like a 14 and three year, would you still fire him yeah, for Dan? Right. So, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the we, will be another topic for another day. But, yeah, I mean, we're re- realistically, regardless how the season looks, looking at facing another offseason that could be com- entirely different at the coordinator position. So I want them to use what they got Dan Quinn here for, whether he's the head guy next year or somewhere else, whatever the case may be. Um encouraged i do think the defense took a little bit of a step back but to answer your question in totality i do think they're going to regress and i believe that we're both on that there so um quickly we'll get on to the last topic here we go one more we wanted to hit and that is uh leighton vander esch ranked as the 12th best linebacker by pro football focus after the bye you put in there 16th lowest missed tackle rate, 30th ranked linebacker on the year, and he played a full season for the first time since 2018, which is crazy. And impress or regress? Do you think he'll be finished as the 12th ranked or better, Aiden? Yep. This is going to be my bold take that I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I think LVE, when he's when he doesn't have to be the primary guy to finish off the play, when you have guys like Parsons, when you have when you get a full when you get when you have that pass rush going and for the first time i think since 2018 we we're very happy with the way the pass rush was going it was making the it was changing the defense to where um we we're cleaning up plays in the backfield lve didn't have to sprint sideline to sideline every play to finish off the running play which we saw way too often in 2020 I think when he's when you take the load off him a little bit he's not the guy that has to shed the blocks anymore he can just come in when need be and finish off the play. I think that's where he's in his prime. I think per per per, per, per pro football focus. Wow. That's a tongue twister. He finishes <laughs> t- top 10 by PFF grading. Wow. At the linebacker position. I think this is going to be a great year for him. And I, it's not going to, he's not going to be like a, a hundred tackle guy, 150 tackle guy but he's going to make the plays when he needs to low miss tackle rate, which is what we're aiming for. You know what? I'm, 
I hate to say it because we sound so chalk, but I, I agree. I don't, I think he is going to impress. I think he'll be slightly better. I'm not going to go in the same tune that you said that he's a top 10. I think that would be outstanding for this defense. That'd be outstanding for the Cowboys at the second level. If, if he steps up and Lane Van, Van Dash has a good year, I think this Cowboys team could be in a much better place than I feel currently about them, right? I'm a little nervous about the depth of the linebacker spot, a little nervous about the depth of D-line spot. I feel really good about the safeties in the corners. I mean, I'm Anthony Brown's hype man at this point. I should be on retainer. But, um, you know, for me, I, I think he's going to impress too. I think Leighton Van Dash is, you know, as long as he stays healthy, I think he can be a quality football player, quality linebacker that this team can really use. And um, again, I'm impressed with that. But what I'm also impressed with, Aiden, is the questions you put together. So I do want to say again, Aiden Davis, no search here. You know, we were able to hold it down. We didn't burn the place down. I think RJ is going to be okay and happy with this episode here. But uh, for another episode of First and Ten, Aiden, I'll give you the last word. You got anything to add here? Well, yeah, I was just going to add, I think last week in our interview with Alec Lindstrom, we said that this week we were going to do like 12 questions. That yeah. will be pushed to next week, most likely. Right. And we're in, listen, we got to make these questions really good because we've been hyping this for two weeks now, but listen, <laughs> yeah. we got Alec Lindstrom last week. We got other guests in the work. I thought this is a really good, I was super excited when you presented this idea, Aiden. And again, that's why I'm giving you all the credit because I'm not this creative. Um, but again, for the first and 10 podcast, I'm your host today for today, Tony Catalina alongside Aiden Davis brought to you by blogging the boys and sponsored by and powered by SB Nation. So everybody have a great weekend and we'll catch y'all next weekend on the 4th of July. So yeah, yeah, catch y'all later. Have a good one.